0: Let's stay standing and let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that we could come into your presence with thanks and praise. And we are asking that you prepare our hearts right now. Um, soften it, God. If there's been anything that's made our hearts hard maybe it's worry, maybe it's stress, maybe it's hurt, God, will you right? Will you soften it right now? Uh, make it soft soil so your word can be planted deep into it so we'd not only be hearers of your word but we'd be doers of it as well we submit to you we want to do your will we resist the devil we thank you that he has to flee Pray hedge of protection around us and our children we pray in this hedge of protection that you'd minister to us and you'd bring freedom into our life and if anyone is without hope will you knock on the door of their hearts and draw them unto yourself so they can open up that door and receive you as their savior in Jesus' name. And everyone believe it's it. Said, "Amen." Awesome. You guys, take your seats. So good to have you in the house. Some good weather. Crazy weather last week, huh? Hey? um, we've had more than enough rain, um, thank you Jesus for the rain, um, and of course we're trusting now for, to actually get into a bit of spring, huh, hey? um, of course the box are playing tonight, let's pray Jesus, pray the box really play well, keep building momentum to win the World Cup in Jesus name, amen, and let's I didn't watch um, my favourite soccer team last night, I only watched when we play the big sides, um, Anyway, somebody messaged me. Did you see the squad? I said, sorry, bro. Only watch when we play the big games. Um, but I see all the, the top sides lost yesterday anyway, except, except Man United. They, were not, you know, they lost as well. Um, but it's good for the league that the lower sides win, hey? Um, anyway, let's not get distracted. Uh, we've got Rice Camp starting tomorrow. And that's for grain. That's for grade four to six, and uh, that's going to be at SOS Camp in Felicetorp. Anyone go to that camp when they were young? I went there, Um, and and the campsites, uh, they continuously um, have upgraded that site. It's a phenomenal campsite. So grade four to six, Monday to Wednesday, then Wednesday afternoon, our grade seven to twelves arrive. So I encourage you, even as you drive to work, have your quiet time. Please pray for that camp. Um, they, the um the teams really set it up well. Sabalo, Kayla, Saki uh, made sure every um, every um, age group ha- they have small group leaders. Of course, they prayed over the camp. Our leaders have even fasted and prayed over the camp for every young person. Um, and then they have lots of fun, great friendships, and they have encounters where they get to encounter God, learn about God, and then there's space for them to hear uh, from God. So so really, it's a, a significant. Significant time for young people to so pray for us. Uh, we believe it's going to be an incredible week, and then um, that's why Growth Tracks—not this Tuesday, it's next. Normally, it's the first week of every month. It's the second week this time because we'll be on camp and then hard for the house. Please take us home. But you can see that that this year, um, and every location has its focus, and and this year, uh, of course, we are really wanting to create more space, more space for worship more space for connection, and more strength to plant churches. And so you're going to hear about that in the Heart for the House, more space for worship, relationship, healthy relationship with God and with people. So connection and more strength to plant churches. That's what this year's Heart for the House is all about. And Heart for the House is where you pray and ask God uh, what He would like you to overflow in in your giving. And um, really, that's why it's a free space, because you get to ask God. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Remember, giving that's done cheerfully is the standard in the kingdom. And that's why to get to that standard, you have to actually prepare yourself by praying and asking God so your hands are never tied and you actually feel led by God and not pressured by man. And that allows us to fast track. Remember, the speed at which we grow is determined by the generosity of the people. And of course, as Christians, you and I always have to be praying about it. But scripture also says the generous person devises generous things. And, and that's the thing. For us to see how we're growing as Christians, you actually have to really actually ask yourself, is it actually part of my character now to come up with generous things? And so sometimes you'll be at places and you will see needs and you will immediately start to think of generous things that can meet those needs. And, and, and then all of a sudden, so for my, myself, my wife, we'll be out, we'll see stuff. And and I'll go. Flip, we could we could do this. We could do that. And get in the car. So I was thinking. And in the end, be like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And then, okay, let's do it. But but that's something we should be as Christians. I'm saying yes. As in the church, everything, but overflowing into our world. We have to become people who follow Christ's example. And we actually that's our stance. And I love Scripture says by generos- generosity we stand. It's like you know, by 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 selfishness we fall, <laughs> but by generosity we stand. And there's a strength in us. Um, so we're starting our brand new series. Don't let the enemy get a seat at your table. And um, and and what we want to encourage you to do is you can go onto the U Version Bible app, and you can um, and you can read that devotional by Louis Gigler. You can also go and read his book. Uh, but but we want to show you how to not let the enemy um, have a seat. At your table, don't give him, give the enemy a seat at your table. And we also want to show you in this series um, the authority you have and, the, and, and how you can take a stand, that, that God's actually given you a spiritual authority, and He's given you uh, the army, He's given you the tools to fight a spiritual battle. Because I re- remind you that you're first spiritual, then you're physical. Um, that, that we are living in this temporary life, but we will live forever in heaven. And so, so you're more spiritual than you're physical. So you need to make sure you're standing spiritually and then living out that victory that you have in Christ in the physical. Uh, but if you don't do that, you, you're gonna do it the other way around. You're gonna try to physically get your victory and then somehow spiritually get your victory. But, but you and I are, are first children of God, uh, citizens of heaven. Uh, we say this, that we pray and then we minister, okay? Um, and when we pray first, then minister, we step into what God's blessed. But if we minister or, or act and then pray, we're normally praying that God fixes up our mess, you know? Because we don't get it right as we first go and then pray. But if we pray and then go, then God can lead the way, God can open a door that no man can shut, and we really can set up, our, our marriage, our children, our family life, um, our work life. Um, and, and even as we pray, we already, you, you'll find you, as you draw close to God, He draws close to you and you position yourself to be led. Um, so even as you pray, sometimes you'll pray and then you'll even sense God's asking you to pray for something else or He changes your prayer. But that's how you position yourself to be led and to be strong. So Psalm 23 you guys probably all know it. it's a famous scripture, um, and David writes it. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Of course, you might have grown up with this version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Okay. Um, and the rule's this if you want the second part of the verse, you need to make sure the first part is true for you. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Uh, but a lot of us would love to say we have all that we need, but we haven't made sure that the Lord is my shepherd, that he actually is the one who's the leader of my life. And so the rule is this, that, that he's the Lord and, and he's Lord of all. If, if he's not Lord um, of all, he's not Lord at all in your life because he, he doesn't play second fiddle. Uh, Jesus has only ever come first. He's never come second, third or fourth. So, so if He's not first in your list, He's not on your list. And so He is the Lord of all. And the, so the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need and He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. All the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So we see David saying that you and I are sheep. Can we all agree on that? The crazy thing is, he doesn't, it doesn't say that in scripture, it doesn't mention sheep, it just says that he's the shepherd. But we know that in that story, we're the sheep. Uh, what we learn is, once you get to know who God is, you clearly see who you are. Okay, he's the shepherd, clearly, we are the sheep. Of course, sheep are fluffy animals. They have no ability to protect themselves. And if you know anything else about sheep, they are easily led astray. Sheep are stupid. Let's remind ourselves we are sheep. (laughs) It's not a compliment. He's actually trying to remind us that it's very unwise to think that we can lead our own lives, that we can protect ourselves, that we are in a good position when we are alone. Isolation for us as sheep is dangerous because there are prowling lions and the enemy is on the prowl. And the best way for the enemy to get at us is for us to be isolated. But you and I have a great shepherd. He lays his life down for the sheep. He's such a good shepherd. He even says that he'd leave the 99 to go find the one who's been led astray. So you and I are blessed with the best shepherd. And that's why he deserves to be the Lord of our life, the one who's proven his love, who's laid down his life for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So we need to be aware of that because if we're not aware that, that we are sheep, we could come up with, devise some stupid plans. So we need to actually stay close to, to the shepherd. We need to know his voice. So, so, so even as we are not going to, we, we decide to not let the enemy get a foothold or a seat at the table that he prepares for us, even in the midst of our enemies, uh, we need to be clear that we need to get to know the shepherd's voice. Scripture says, my sheep know my voice. Uh, So question, how do you find that you um, experience the leading of of God, the Holy Spirit? How how do you experience uh, hearing God's voice in a way? For me, when when I set aside time to worship personally, I feel God leads me. I also quieten myself. Um, and so I spend time where I actually, after a quiet time of worship, I actually just stop and I leave a few minutes where I say, God, I'm just going to sit in your presence, no noise. And I want you to highlight things personally, anything in my marriage, my family, and then for the church. And I actually find God speaks to me. I set aside that time. But, but of course, the, the first place that I really started to experience hearing God's voice was in worship and then doing that practice where I actually submitted to God. I resisted the devil and I asked God, I said, I give you my full attention and I sat quietly and God would give me a thought that was not my own. I knew it was from God. And that's what I'd write down. Maybe you find God speaks to you. Like I'll be preaching or somebody else be preaching and you'll go, like you'll know God's speaking to you. Like they're like, oh, did you read my mails? Did you Have you been reading my WhatsApp? Like that's totally for me. And so maybe in in, in a in actual Sunday services. So what you need to understand is your Sunday services is the springboard into your quiet times, the springboard into it. You don't wanna neglect your Sunday services. If you neglect it, you're, you're gonna potentially let the enemy get a seat at your table. Maybe it's your personal devotional life um, where you actually find as you read your, through your devotions, things are just highlighted. You actually do that. You've got a pen, you highlight it. But, but the, one of the key ways now, if the Lord's gonna be your shepherd, is you need to go, how does, do I find God spoke to me? I'm gonna protect those spaces and actually make it something I practice daily. I'm gonna create space to hear God's voice because the enemy would love to actually get into your head. So just quickly, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. So, so what do we learn? We were created to be led. We, are, we were created to follow. We were created to follow the ultimate shepherd. It shows us that, that we have a desire to be led as well. And when the Lord's not your shepherd, something else is your shepherd. And you might have a terrible shepherd um, who, who's actually leading you astray. Or maybe you are your own shepherd and you wonder why you keep tripping up or making bad decisions. Well, well you because you're not actually sheep. So we need a shepherd. And that's why even for me, in a leadership position, you're in a leadership position at work, wherever you are, the best way you will lead is to let Jesus lead you. And, and you will be a better leader at work. You'll be a better leader in your family. You'll be a better leader at church. You'll be a way better leader if you can understand that you need to be led first. Okay, so, so that's one of the ways we, we, carry, we stay healthy. We know the, the Lord is my shepherd and that I shall not want... I have all that I need. I reckon if we had David here, he would, he would tell us, I don't always get what I wanted, but I never lacked what I needed. And and if we are saying, you are my shepherd God, we can also be grateful that His timing's perfect and that what He's providing for us now is also perfect. And you can be grateful. That if you can um, be grateful and thankful and be a steward of what you have now, God will grow you for what you what He wants to give you later. Um, but, but if you are, if you don't get that revelation that, you, that He'll provide perfectly for you now, you might not actually grow in your stewardship and not be ready for the more that He has for you tomorrow. Um, so, so He will provide perfectly and, and you can be grateful in that. Of course, He also makes me lie down in green pastures, And so what we see there is, is that the sheep actually had to be laid down. Like the shepherd had to go, hey, you need some rest. Some of us don't realise that we need rest. And we only rest when we're on burnout. It's like, you know, we only rest when we're sick. But you don't realise that that actually rest is good. Biblically, um, the Sabbath starts um, as the sun goes down. You, uh, You rest into work. You don't work to rest. You rest... To work and, and and so we see we get rest to be productive, to reach our destiny, to do all that we call to do. And the pattern is that the the, the shepherd gives us rest. Are you receiving the rest he wants to give you, or you're not allowing yourself to rest because you're your own shepherd? You better keep going. You're the only one who's making this wheel go around. You're the king of your world. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. He's your provider. Rest in that. He wants to, you need, and even as you actually declares your shepherd, your rest comes. Um, and so, so I encourage you, he, he wants to give you rest. And, and I found when I have a quiet time or, or I'm praying, sometimes I'll find God, like He'll slow my will down and, and actually give me rest and then remind me of what to focus on. And, and I actually let some things go that I've been chasing after. I, I let go and let God. And, and so you need to position yourself to, to, for God to lead you in areas of rest, to lead you into rest and to lead you to let go of some things that maybe you're chasing after that, that aren't good. Um, and so, of course, um, we see that David then says that you're with me, even in the shadow, um, uh, even in the valley of the shadow of death. It's this valley and yes, it's a shadow of death. It's not, the, the, it's not death itself. But, but even in what feels like a season of loss, you're with me. Maybe you, you haven't got what you've uh, wanted yet or you've dreamt of in life or in your marriage or you're trusting for a child. You haven't seen that breakthrough yet. Or maybe you've lost a relationship. You've lost a loved one and, and God will be with you. He's not going to leave you and that's how good He is. Even in the hardest of times, you can trust Him. And then Scripture goes on to say that surely your goodness and your love will follow me and the shepherd is behind you telling you, uh, I love you, I've got good plans for you. This might this might seem crazy, but I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. And let's face it. Some people would, would hate it. Like, you know, some people live on, on bad news. They're like, this country's going down. It's going to go nowhere. Like really bad news. Man United are going to win the league. That's, no, that's terrible news. Anyway, like, you know, like stuff like that. Just the lies of the enemy. And I'm bad joke. I added that thing in, but... But some people like to, like to live on the bad news. But our shepherd is continue saying, I've got good plans for you. I love you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to sort you out. And, and even as I walk, I wake up, my Saviour is following me and telling me, I'm going to bless you. And so people go, how can you hope in this country? How can you be full of hope even in the circumstances? It's because of, of what my shepherd is saying to me every day. He's walking behind me. His goodness and His love is following me all the days of my life. But the enemy would love to get in on this. He would love to, for you to not hear that God loves you, that He's got good plans for you. The key is for us to become good listeners, of course, because our shepherd tells us when to rest, walks us through the hardest of seasons, and continually tells us that He loves us, and He's got good plans for us. But the enemy wants to get in the way. And sometimes we let him have a seat at our table. A table that David says that God prepares even in the midst of our enemies. It's crazy to think that in the worst season, God prepares a table. Like you'd think God would prepare a table on the mountaintop and you'd oversee the enemy. But he goes and does it right in the middle of the battle. And He makes it so that they can't do anything to you as you get refreshed by Him, satisfied in Him, strengthened in Him. In a place where you should never get nourishment, sleep, if you think about war times or the, uh, the torture of not having rest. We get rest, nourishment, we get refreshed. If our God can satisfy us, in a battle, then clearly nothing's impossible for him. (laughs) Nothing's impossible for him. But you need to take your seat. You and I need to make sure we're not letting the enemy get a seat at our table. Because he wants to get a seat at our table. Maybe you've let the enemy get a seat at your table. How do you know? Well, He will say things to you. And you must remember, He comes to steal, kill and destroy. He's the father of all lies. He doesn't know how to tell the truth. And, and one of the things He'll say to you is, it's better at another table. If you've ever had that thought, that's a lie of the enemy. Satan will plant a lie to make you believe that you're not experiencing the abundant life that Jesus has for you, and your life would be better if you're in a different situation. If you were married to someone else, if you're in a different job, if you're living in another town. This year, I'm not saying God will bless you and move you to new seasons of jobs or towns, That, but right now, God is good. And you need to see the goodness of God right now. And the enemy does not want you to see that he is good. So he wants you to take your eyes off Jesus. So he tells you it's better somewhere else. Proverbs 14 verse 30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body. But envy rots the bones. Living an envious life, a life of comparison, Solomon even wrote it, it's like chasing after the wind. If the enemy can get you distracted, he will get you to live for something that means nothing. A life that has no meaning and a life that amounts to nothing. Don't let the enemy put that line to your head. Another way that the enemy gets a seat at your table, if he is at your table, he'll say this. Yo, well, he'll get you to think this. We find ourselves thinking that we're not going to make it. The enemy always wants you to think that you will not get out of this current season, that you're not gonna make it. You will never amount to anything. He wants you to believe that. You know, even before I got saved, in my last few years of school, this would have been a thought, the fear of not amounting to anything. It's a lie of the enemy. And the enemy wants to get that inside of you. But we know, David points out, our shepherd has promised to be with us, to see us through even the valley of the shadow of death and even feed us when there's an army surrounding us. But the enemy says, no, you won't amount to anything. But God says, even in your worst seasons, I will nourish you. How much more can I bless you in your good seasons? God is for you. You know, in that script, there's a scripture in 2 Kings 6 verse 15 where, where um, Elisha's got his servant and they're, they're in, a, uh, in a battle and the servant just can't see that God has got victory for them. And so, so he's overwhelmed. It says in verse 15, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. This was the enemy. Of course, the servant goes, Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Elijah responds, don't be afraid, the prophet answered, those who are with us are more than, the, than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked and he saw the hills full of horses, chariots of fire all around Elijah. And all of a sudden, the lie of the enemy that you are going to lose fell apart as he could see the promises of God. And if you let the enemy have a seat at your table, you might believe the lie that you will amount to nothing. But if you let God open your eyes, you will see that those who are for you are more than those who are with them. And that God, if you, if it's just you and God, you're in the majority. If it's just you and God, you're in the majority. Another lie the enemy would tell you is, um, another thing that uh, when, when the enemy's at our table, we're hearing that we are not good enough. I'm not good enough. Jesus says that the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. He pointed it out and then Jesus ends up laying his life down for us. It shows us that you and I have incredible value in God's eyes. And, and Scripture shows us that even, if, even if, if it was just me or you, one person, Jesus would have laid His life down for you. That's how valuable you are. And the enemy wants you to believe that somehow you're not good enough. But God says, you're the apple of my eye. God says, you are a masterpiece. I've told the story in, in Matrika I, I did uh, uh, my art wasn't accepted. You have to have six paintings, and the um, the last week I quickly did four paintings. It took me an hour each painting. I used contrasting colours, and I did um, yeah a bit of a expressionist kind of art. And I drew faces with uh, distorted eyes and ears, and I said, you know, we all so different. We don't get to know each other. We hit. So when we when we come together. We, we hit so hard that we create distortions I made it really arty in that nobody looked at my art they were more scared of it so they didn't put a light on it but the the lady from the National Art Gallery did the award but she said she gave the art award and everyone was hoping that their art gets into the National Art Gallery I wasn't I thought it would just scare people um, they said but and before we close, we have a German expressionist in our midst and we've chosen two of his paintings to go to the National Art Gallery, André Krieth. And Anyway, I was like, I told you guys so. Anyway, um, but but what was crazy was my art went from something scary to all of a sudden something everyone wanted to see. And people were like, so, yeah, no, it's very good. Eh? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, we looking at the same thing here like um but but the reason why I went to that moment was the person whose opinion counted the most in that room said my art was good and a lot of us are not letting the one whose opinion counts the most determine the value of our life Jesus opinion counts the most and he says that you are so valuable and he so valuable that he lay his life down for you And so if you let the enemy get a seat at the table, he'll tell you you're not valuable. But if you let God be at your table, the table he's prepared for you, he will tell you you're valuable. You're the apple of my eye. The other lie the enemy is going to tell you is, uh, you'll believe that everyone is against you. we will believe everyone's against us. We'll always have this, this, like, you know, look look how it's working out. It's because they're against me and they're against me. And it will get you to close your life. You'll be scared of living generously because you'll think people are gonna take advantage of you. People are just out to get me, man. I'm gonna have to take care of me. And it's gonna stop you from reaching your destiny. God's God's actually made you to be generous. See, because He's already provided everything for you. Even in the midst of your enemies, He'll provide a table for you. You don't have to be scared of being generous. So how do you not let the enemy get a seat at your table? Well, I'll let you know there's two seats at the table. The one's for God, the other one's for you. The simple way to keep Him out is you take your seat. If you are rushing through this life through stress and anxiety and you are just getting, making other things a priority, there's a big chance you are not going to take your seat at the table. You need to make sure you're taking your seat. Have a quiet time. Get with the Lord. Put some worship on in the car. Take your seat. Even as you're in the car, say, God, I'm taking my seat at the table. Thank you that you're strengthening me right now. Thank you that you've got a destiny for me. As you get to work, you might be in your office, closed doors, I'm taking a seat at the table. You might be reading, your, but take your seat at the table. The other thing is, focus on Jesus as you take that seat. Just sit down and say, thank you what you, you provided for me. Thank you, God, that, you're the, that I'm the apple of your eye. That you are my shepherd. I'm a sheep, I, I need you. You even say that you'd leave the 99 for one. You're such a good shepherd. I feel like that one right now. I focus on you. Focus and be. You know, because we're living in a world that is so distracted, you're going to have to decide to focus at the table. And lastly, take your stand against the enemy's schemes, the devil's schemes. You have a right to do it because Jesus already won the victory. And Ephesians 6 shows us how to take the stand. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. So, so, you be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Well, how? Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the enemy, the devil's schemes. God's actually show you you can take your stand against the devil's schemes by putting on the full armor of God. For our struggle is is not against flesh and blood, but against the ruler, um, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt buckle of truth, belt buckle around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flames, the flaming arrows of the, um, of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and praying the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So, of course, the, the armor of God is the shoes of readiness, the belt buckle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the humble of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. I'm going to be speaking into it, and we're going to be speaking to the armor of God for the next three weeks. And, and how you take your stand but it's a spiritual thing but remember the battle starts in the spiritual and you take your stand you take your stand personally you take your stand in your marriage you take your stand for your family you take your stand in the workplace and they're saying prayer also helps you to take your stand so you pray every time even the day something happens you just pray God will bless us you're always taking your stand and you stop the enemy from getting a seat at your table Come on, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for being our shepherd. Thank you for loving us. Even when we go astray, you can bring us back into your fold. Even in the hardest of seasons, God, you're with us. You're rod and your staff, they comfort us. Thank you for giving us rest. Thank you, God, that your goodness and your love is following me all the days of my life. You in this place, and you know you need to take your seats and you know, focus on Jesus and take your stand. But maybe you also fully aware that you've not ask the Lord to be your shepherd to be the Lord of your life to be your saviour and Lord the Bible says as we call on the name of the Lord He saves us as we confess that we're sinners He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins so what we're doing is we ask Him to forgive us and then be the Lord of our life the leader of our life if that's you and you need to do that for the first time, or maybe come back to God, I'd love to lead you in a prayer where you ask Him to forgive you of your sins and to be the Lord of your life. If that's you and you say, Andre, include me in that prayer, with every eye closed I respect, people are gonna make that decision. If that's you, just give me a wave. Say, I need to pray that prayer, I need to, God bless you, anyone else? Say, that's me, God bless you, God bless you. God bless. Just give me a wave, say, that's me, include me in that prayer bless you awesome bless you let's pray Jesus I confess that I'm a sinner thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins I call on your name please save me and be the Lord of my life thank you Jesus you are my shepherd I shall not want Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's just thank Jesus in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Can I ask everyone just to quickly turn to their right? Um, you see a door open there. We've got men and women ca- prayer counsellors. So if you prayed that prayer, you or you put up your hand and prayed the prayer, maybe you didn't put up your hand, but you prayed that prayer, your next step is to tell somebody you prayed that prayer. Um, our team wants to pray with you, and they can tell you about a foundational step that you can take to learn more about uh, your walk that, that you can go on with Jesus. And it's called Following Jesus. So I encourage you to go there. If you need any prayer, you can also make your way there. And we've got one of our prayer counselors who could pray with you. If you are new, you can grab your first uh, cappuccino at the God Can banner. Um, and then tonight, Dieter will be preaching. Um, so when you come out, have an awesome Sunday. God bless you. Bye.